Welcome to the ABLE Podcast, where we open our throat chakras and discuss the cycles of life, transformative experiences, and cover the depths of individual spiritual journeys. I am your host, Courtney, the creator of ABLE Alchemy, where dreams and reality align. I am an intuitive brand designer and sound healer with a passion for bringing people together in community. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome back to another episode of the ABLE podcast. I'm your host, Courtney. Today, we have something, someone really exciting on who I love dearly, Katie. She is an intuitive healing guide and is the face behind at When You Wake on Instagram. I love Katie so much. Her story is amazing. She has touched my soul in so many different ways. I have had two different mini readings with Katie, during my sexual trauma 
that, um, oh, I'm seeing sparkles while I'm saying this <laughs> during um, my sexual trauma healing that really changed my life. And she recently complete completed a program called Mother Rising that I was a part of that I came out on the other side like a totally different person. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear about Katie's story. So thank you for being here, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I can't believe I get to work with you in this capacity. <laughs> I've always just admired you. So thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. If you don't mind, would you share a little bit to my audience about what you do first, and then we can get a little bit into your story? Yeah. So um, I I call myself an intuitive guide because my my end goal with each client I take clients I do one-on-one work and I also do group work um but my ultimate goal is to help people fall more into their intuition to Mm -hmm. trust their intuition more um to understand that you know there's a lot of people out there who consider themselves intuitives and mediums and, you know, the, they have these beautiful gifts, but from my perspective, I see everyone having these abilities. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just takes coming more into yourself to remember that you have these certain abilities as well. And so they might look different for different people and they might show up differently and they might, speak differently or feel differently and they're probably used for different purposes but I believe that we all have this innate intuitive system that we all need to just really get back in touch with so as far as what I do I would say the main goal is to help people get back to that point um, my, my favorite sessions are sessions that are just clarifying and validating something for someone, because then I can watch them almost come more into alignment with their intuition. And then it's fewer and far between that I'm seeing them again, mm-hmm. because they're more ready for the next steps. They don't have to come back and ask, oh, do I do this or do that? It's more so teaching them, what does it feel like when it's a yes? What does it feel like when it's a no? What do those no's feel like that are actually fear trapped behind trauma you're still carrying in this lifetime, past life trauma, generational trauma, fears or programming that has built up along the way. So I feel like I do a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but um, if I could just say one thing I do, I would say helping people get back to that part of them that is intuitive. Totally. I love that. And you also, I have to tell you something. I don't think I've ever told you this. Between the two mini readings that I had with you, and they weren't even on Zoom, you recorded them and sent them Mm -hmm. to me. I I had a dream about you. I was like freaking out about something. And I texted you in my dream asking for another reading. And in my dream, you told me, Courtney, you don't need one just listen to yourself. (laughs) Wow. And I woke up and I was like, that is something she would probably say, actually. (laughs) So 
Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting. I've had a lot of clients in the last maybe year or so. It's almost once a week I wake up to a client saying, you were my dream. Like you, it was either, it's funny that you said that I text you because a lot of them are saying that, you know, I was either texting them or calling them or just like appearing somewhere and saying like, you know what to do or something. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, weird. Um, but cool. I'll take it. I like it. That's so funny. I get a lot of weird communication in dreams, I feel like. <laughs> I know. I I feel like I when I'm in the dream space, I really am doing stuff like that. Because when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, whoa, I just worked an eight hour <laughs> shift, which yeah. I am down with. I love that time. That's so, so funny. Fun for me. So now that you told us what you do, tell us a little bit about your background and how you even got to this place. Okay. So this could either be the longest story ever. I'm trying to decide where to even start mm-hmm. with explaining this story. Um, a lot of people ask me, like, did you know about, like, your abilities when you were little? And I want to say yes and no, because when I was young, it was just so natural. Mm-hmm. But I I wouldn't say I thought I was different than anyone else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when I was young, I actually... I didn't speak until like first grade. Um, but what people don't understand, and these are some of my fondest memories, is like I was talking a lot. It was just very telepathic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like lots of imaginary friends and a big imagination. I liked to play alone. I always was playing school in my bedroom. I had a chalkboard on my wall, which is so divine looking back. I want to get my daughter one so that she can experience this because... I would line up my stuffed animals that were all beanie babies, by the way. So this <laughs> is where spirit animal comes in because I swear they were teaching me about animal spirit at the time. <laughs> and um, I would just teach. And that was my favorite thing to do. So um, I I tell you that part because I feel like it started there. Mm-hmm. Since going through my bigger awakening, I always am remembering that inner child piece of me who is teaching and learning and almost in this like meditative state for the first five or six years of her life. Um, But life happens and the world programs us. And, you know, I was more, I was encouraged to speak and like, Oh, what's wrong with Katie? She's not talking that much, which I'm thankful for because I think I did have to become a little bit more human, but throughout then I just went through your normal growing up phase. Um, I went to school to be a teacher actually, and (laughs) I didn't become one because uh, I also met my ex-husband at the time and we were moving in together and I had to have multiple jobs. It was just expensive. So I had a job that paid well and I kind of put off the dream of teaching as far as like remembering these gifts that I have it didn't happen until I was the first time it tried to happen I was 25 and I pressed the snooze button I was pregnant with my daughter Mm. um she was due mid-January and it was December it was right around my birthday so actually I had just turned 26 
and um, everyone knows, well, maybe everyone knows, in pregnancy, vivid dreams for me was a huge, Mm -hmm. was a huge thing. And I think it was um, new to me. I don't, I remember dreaming a lot as a kid, but in pregnancy is when my dreams came back. And there was this one dream where my daughter and I were at a grocery store and she was like, mom, it's just you and me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Just you and me? But I, I kind of trusted that because there were other things where I was not, honestly, I was not feeling okay in my pregnancy, but you know, back then you mm-hmm. go to the doctor, you say, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. try this pill. Oh, this yeah. is safe for pregnancy. Your baby's not going to cry when she's born, but mm-hmm. go ahead and try this one. You know, she, mm-hmm. her, her uh, system is going to be numb, but try this one. And I did. Um, unfortunately but also I think she was born for it so (laughs) um it was a few days before Christmas that all of a sudden like my intuition hit me and I I had been avoiding it but I looked at my then husband I said are you having an affair Mm. and there was there were a lot of signs Mm -hmm. but avoidance is like probably my most toxic shadow Mm. um quality Mm -hmm. so I look at him and I'm like are you having an affair and he's like yeah it it was like a pause but I knew it was coming I was yes and that's when that's when the first wake up tried to happen okay so a few days later it's Christmas Eve my daughter's still not due until mid-January, but I'm distraught. I've spent the last three days screaming and crying and just devastated, honestly. Just this young girl who was about to start her family, who was so in love with this man, who was so in love with the idea of bringing a baby girl home, um, missed a tons, a ton of red flags. Like I did the nursery alone and all these things, but still in this state of, no, that had to have worked. Like, what is happening? So... Christmas Eve, um, I got on my hands and knees and I prayed. And this is one of the first, I prayed for silly things. Um, previously I didn't grow up religious, but Mm -hmm. my sister who's four or five years older than me, she was. And so she taught me about prayer. Um, I, I prayed and this was like, this was like desperation type of prayer of God, if you are there, if there's something bigger than me, please let me have my daughter on Christmas, on Christmas, by Christmas. Like I can't be alone on Christmas. And, um, I went to bed that night. I woke up in the morning to a pop. It was my water. I stood up. It was Christmas morning. My water broke. And by 3 PM, my daughter was born on Christmas day. Wow. Looking back now, that was, the moment I was supposed to go through my awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I, again, I avoided, I pushed it to the side. I tried to work things out with my husband. Um, I wanted to raise that family, like the way I had imagined it. And so we separated, but we got back together and, and I avoided all the pain and the trauma of that through working and working is one of my favorite vices. It's just really fun for me. So I just threw myself into work and I sold makeup and I 
did all that for a while. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it just didn't feel good anymore. It didn't numb me. And um, I, I don't know how, but I don't, I'm not sure how. I think I was on this like self-help journey and I had just like started to hear about meditation a mm-hmm. few times. And so I started meditating. And in this meditation, um, it was like everything I had been avoiding just right in my face. Like, you need to leave. The affairs haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. Beckham will be fine. Beckham is my daughter. She signed up for this. You need to find a life that is true to you. You've been suppressing your intuition your whole, mm-hmm. the whole last 20 years of your life. You need to bring it back in. You need to help others do the same. Go do it. And I was like, whoa, okay, so this was one meditation. And I'll tell you this too, even though that first meditation was transformative, meditation has stayed part of my practice ever since. And not all of them are that intense or that, Mm -hmm. there's not always that much information. I've had month long spells where my meditation is kind of nothingness, you know, Mm -hmm. so don't think that meditations have to be that crazy all the time. But, um, So I asked, and I don't know where I learned to do this. I teach people to do this now. But in that moment, I said, okay, if I'm supposed to leave universe, I was very much a universe girly then. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm open to all words and phrases and whatever language you want to use. But now I use more of like God. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, okay, here I am, universe, send me an owl if I am supposed to leave, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I can't just fully trust that right off the bat. Like, I'm a little scared still. Mm-hmm. Send me an owl. So what's funny is we had plans to go to Park City that night, which Park City, if you're in Utah, it's like very cabin fill, very, there's like Native American influences there. I'm like, I'm going to see an owl. Like, I... Maybe not in real life, but there's going to be one in the hotel room or one of the places we stop by. Like, there's going to be an owl totem pole. I'm going to see an owl, which looking back, that's how you know you don't need to ask for a sign, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, (laughs) you're going to see an owl today. We don't see an owl. The very next day we go fishing and we had to go to Sportsman's Warehouse. I'm like, we're going to see an owl here. Like, there's going to be. They, they have everything taxidermied on the wall. Like, yeah. there's going to be an owl. There's no owl. Huh. Um, a couple weeks go by, and I had started communicating what I was feeling to my husband at the time. And he was, like, um, denying the mm-hmm. truth. But we were, we were just like, okay. And he's like, let's go to Jackson Hole. It's where we went on our honeymoon. We'll bring Bex. Let's go for a weekend. Okay, let's go. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time. And right as we're about to leave, there's this cute little, like, like a fortune teller booth, but it's electronic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just for fun. You put a dollar in and out comes a little ticket of your fortune. My daughter, who is three at the time, is like, let's go. Like, mom, this, this, this. I want it. I want it. And we're about to leave town. And I'm like... I don't have a dollar. And then I find one. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. She puts it in. Out comes this fortune with a huge owl on it on the back. It says, you see clearly now. (gasps) And I'm like, 
okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I knew. So when we got home, and honestly, our divorce has been very friendly, very cordial. Like, I've had nothing but love for him throughout the process because it is true that he 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 struggles to be faithful or at least he did to me I don't I don't really look into what he's up to now Mm -hmm. um and I know that that comes from a hurt place um I don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt me but it did it hurt a lot to know that the last eight years of my life were a complete lie there was always secrets and that built up over time and I had to escape that so Right when we got home from that trip, um, I started making plans. And that's, that is when the big wake up call came from that moment, I was meditating daily. Um, I still hadn't looked into like tarot cards, or even Reiki or anything. I was so new, but I knew that I wanted to never ignore my intuition again. And that's the hardest part. And I don't think I emphasize that enough. Like looking back when it all came out, because there was a whole disclosure moment where everything that I had been ignoring or avoiding or feeling did come to the surface and I, there was proof of everything. I, um, I just didn't ever want to do that again. I wanted to show my daughter that it's important to live a life that is true. Mm-hmm. So there we were. Um, what's interesting is she's been my biggest guide ever since. Well, since the day she was born, really. Um, but there was a time about a month into us being separated, not legally divorced, but living in different places. It, a month in, it was so, so hard because you don't think about how hard it is to share your kids you don't think about like the sadness that they're going through or the feelings they're going through all these things right and her and I were at dinner and I was like shoot should I just should I just ignore it longer should I just go back and you know keep her life the same and as we're leaving dinner there's one of those like quarter machines you put a quarter in and you you turn the knob and out comes the the prize and as we're leaving of course she's three and a half she's like (laughs) I won't. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Okay, here we go. Quarter in, out pops this cutest little pink owl, like plastic figurine pink owl. And I'm like, loud and clear. From that moment, that's where I've been. I'm like fully in this whole new world of possibilities. This is where I'm realizing like that there's more. I don't know how to explain it other than for the last 20 years, I had been just like going through life. Thinking that the things that are important are image. I was very image based. Mm-hmm. I was so image based, actually. Oh, wow. Looking at that, that's that's pretty deep. Um, But not really how you feel inside, which yeah. I just started meditating even more religiously. And then one day I was getting into the crystal thing. I had no idea what it was about. This is very also a little bit, you know, I'm still sleepy. I'm not, I'm not fully awake to the possibilities or how good my intuition is or what I'm really here to do. I'm, I'm still very much just like crawling, trying to navigate this path of like, whoa, Mm -hmm. everything I told myself is a lie. 
I don't know who I am. This is scary. I don't know what I want, etc. My daughter's at preschool. I have time to spare. I'm at this crystal shop. I don't have money to be spending on crystals. Um, but I'm just looking around and I'm just like, let's see what this world is about. Mm-hmm. I um I do buy a deck of tarot cards and luckily for me, they didn't have a guidebook in it. And I always tell people like, that's the biggest blessing so far for me is like no guidebook changed my entire path because I that's took crazy. them home and I started reading them. Now, mind you, this whole time since my daughter was born, I've been in therapy it's just now that I separated from my my ex-husband that my therapist is finally bringing up codependency. <laughs> but for the first time ever, I'm reading these cards and they're making sense to me. And it's like clicking dots that I've been waiting to feel since I first started therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just insane to me that these cards are like telling me what to do next or what I can trust or what's not really a fear, but it's, it's a PTSD issue. I guess I should Mm -hmm. get into that. I made it seem so easy, like, Oh, and then I left. And then all of a sudden, you know, here I am, but it wasn't, it was, I had so much PTSD at the time because I was in shock. So even though there was like, it was a cordial split, it was loving, I still faced PTSD as far as like um, not trusting. So I had a friend come bring me dinner and I remember taking a couple bites of it and then spitting it out. Like, what if this is poisoned, which is totally irrational. But I had just faced a reality that the person I was living with, that I had a home with, a child with, that I was in love with was living a secret life. So who can I trust? Mm hmm. So I was like stuck in that part of my healing and therapy wasn't getting me over that hump. It was the tarot cards that did. Hmm. Um, And that's where tarot came in. So now I use tarot a lot. Um, Pretty much all my readings, I'm using tarot um, to discern because I think discernment is so important. I think that being a messenger is such a big job and you you have to understand you're playing telephone with the universe with Mm -hmm. God. Like you're getting a message and how it's coming through is either in a frequency or feeling or an image. And then you're translating that to the English language. And what I've learned now after doing this for four and a half years is there's not even enough words to explain all the things that we're feeling when we're getting the messages, unfortunately, And so selecting those words is super, super important for whoever the message is for. So I use tarot as as a discernment to kind of clarify the words or the phrases or the messages, advice that I'm getting. Um, But that's how tarot came about is I just randomly picked up a deck. It didn't have a guidebook, which I think helped me a lot because I actually had to feel with what each card felt. Versus like just looking up the meaning in the guidebook. Mm -hmm. And um, I just took my time in getting to know those. And then I started 
I read for myself for about six months before I started reading for friends and then it picked up. I didn't have any plans of like doing this as a career. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. People just started chatting about your gifts and it just went from there. Yeah. It was so interesting. (laughs) I didn't really, I guess, I guess I can't say I'm totally shocked because as I was reading for people, it felt so good. It felt so aligned Mm -hmm. that I probably should have known like, okay, something is coming of this, but I wasn't necessarily planning on that. Like that wasn't my end goal. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And when you read your cards, it's very like specific. It's not just a simple message from the cards. Like any reading that I've had with you, you get very deep on a subject that you would never know about. Okay. That's that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. So I've always loved that. Like it's very, you know, it's legit because the spirit world, I feel like the spiritual community has grown so much and it's become like a trendy thing. It's hard to figure out who is the right person to go to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something that I'm learning about right now is that like my throat doesn't want to say it. Mm. My throat doesn't want to say it, but um I started this journey wanting to help others. Yeah. Claim their gifts and do what they're supposed to do because I was like, "Whoa, look at this." Like My life was catapulted around and now I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I've never felt more fulfilled or more true to myself, which was my goal. Yeah. So how can I help others do that too? Um, And I guess I still have this naive part of me that everyone who wants to do it should do it. But I don't think it's a matter of want. I think it's a matter of intention, Mm -hmm. discernment, integrity, um leadership and it's it's like a very sensitive place to be and we have to be careful with you know who's who's fully aligned with this and also maybe a lot of people can be fully aligned but are they fully aligned for you 100 percent, 100 percent. and i feel truly that intention is like the most important aspect of it oh yeah 100%. Yeah. Another thing I struggled with early on was even though I didn't have religious programming, about a year into it, I was like, wait, is this okay? Is Mm. this good? Spirit, you could have only led me on this path if this is okay, right? If this Mm -hmm. is good, if I am helping people. Um, And so lots of prayers or asking of like, please teach me this is good. Please teach me this is good. Or please teach me if this is bad, whatever it needs to be. And um, that's when I really learned about intention. Um, It's interesting. I was at that point, 30 years old, finally learning about intention, even though like what I had seen was my intention was good all along there I think the shocking thing was to see that there are intentions that are bad Mm -hmm. and that's so that's so scary that's probably if if we had to label what evil is it's bad intentions Mm -hmm. totally and yeah there are there are 
energies out there that have bad intentions. Mm-hmm. So you have to feel into what what your intention is and then what someone else's intention is as well. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that um, I went through that whole journey of every journey I go through is so long and slow, by the way. I'm like a turtle in that <laughs> space, but I kind of like it about myself. I know I could speed up if I want to, but I am literally going through like every page mm-hmm. and just like every word and just really trying to rein it in. And I know some people probably watch me go through different cycles that I'm going through and they're like, how has she not figured it out yet? <laughs> and I'm like, um, but I'm just rereading chapter three, page <laughs> 17, four more times, you know? <laughs> I just love, I just like really love to understand it. So that whole like, is this good or is this bad? It took me through this whole spiral down and then spiral up where the lesson was intention. And I thought that was pretty cool. There's been a million of those. I think you mentioned that. You were like, I know you have a lot of little stories. I'm like, I do. So many, but I think that's why you're so good at helping other people too, because you've experienced so much in your life that you can kind of relate a piece of you to anyone. Like you can reflect back mm-hmm. to everyone, yeah. which is amazing. I I noticed that a lot too. There's times where someone will want an answer from something. This hasn't happened for a while, but it has happened before where like, the answer for them will be like, Katie, you don't understand this, but here's the message for them. And so then, then I don't like delivering that message because it comes through like baseline, like surface level. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't go deeper here. Mm-hmm. But my guys are telling me I haven't experienced this. So this is what I know. I hope that helps. Some And sometimes that comes up. Um yeah. So it's interesting. I think that's part of being in this space is like, um, I see it as like a disco ball (laughs) where each one of those little mirrors are a different perspective. And I feel like one of my abilities is to be able to find which perspective this person is at so that I can like understand it Mm -hmm. and then help shift them to the perspective that will bring them the most peace or joy or trust or abundance or whatever it is yeah oh that's a cool way to say it that well you really dove into everything there and yeah I told you that was the short version (laughs) but I I want to talk a little about mother rising because that literally was so transformative and you create these I don't know if you're going to do that program again but you create all these different experiences for your clients that are intention is a huge part of it there's like different intentions in everything that you do and this one that you created was a group of mothers that we met over I think it was like six months every other every other week and we went through the chakras and we did some inner child healing and some higher self discovery. It was so beautiful. And I literally like rebranded my entire business. I have not had mom guilt since that experience. Hey. 
And I don't think I've had this much confidence in my life. That makes me so happy. It was amazing. It was like one of the best transformative experiences that I've done. And it was all done virtually, by the way, because Katie's in Utah. So it was all over um, like Google Meets. Yeah. 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 Like what made you come up with that program? Well, um, I, when I created that, I was like, oh, wow, that was that was a fun, fun time for me to create that because I was like, it felt like everything I wanted to create. So I'm glad to hear that it translated mm-hmm. that way for you. Um, so throughout throughout my long journey, I told... I told you guys that was the short story. Like there's so many little intricate pieces, but um, one of my biggest things I had to get through was mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I could not live a life that felt true or free or big or happy or joyful or anything that I wanted if I carried more of this mom guilt. So that was like the beginning awakening phase. Number one was clear this mom guilt. And it took me a while. Um, but I finally came to this point. It's funny because I wonder, I wonder if it could be, could it just be this easy? Could it just be where we just wake up one day and say, I'm not feeling that anymore. Like I am choosing to not feel that way anymore. And then could we eliminate all of this middle stuff that we had to sort through? I'm not sure because as I explained, I'm someone who's sorting through it all. But if, if there is an easy route, that's cool too. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that. But I just, um, I started creating mother rising nine months before I launched it, which is typical for me. And it's interesting that it's always about nine months Hmm. because nine months is Mm -hmm. a pregnancy, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I do that on purpose or not. I don't think I do, but, um, I felt in my like womb space, like something trying to like birth. And at first it felt scary like I was like I'm scared of whatever is trying to birth from me because I don't like it like it doesn't feel bright and rainbowy and Mm -hmm. beautiful like I'm used to you know it feels scary yeah um and that was April of I'm guessing 2022 yeah April Mm -hmm. 2022 when I looked at it, it had so much to do with like my, my mom's own guilt and how that was like the last thing I needed to transmute to help others release their mom's guilt or their own mom guilt or their mother's guilt or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Cause it shows up a little differently. Um, so that was a whole journey of, and I've never talked publicly about this, but throughout my healing phase of, you know, oh, my ex-husband was someone who I didn't think he was. It was never really about him. I actually just attracted him into my reality. It was very much about my mom. My mom was never who she said she was. My mom, you know, she put on a certain face for the outsiders, for the family, the friends. But when 
when we were in our home, when nobody was watching, she was a very different person. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I, I had attracted that in romantic relationships. That's why I married that, etc. So April was when I was like, okay, fine. I know I'll clear this. So that's when I started clearing my own mother wound. Mm. Um, a lot of interesting things had to happen. Um, I had to, the difference was tying this back into intention is my guides would say like my inner self would tell me through meditation, like she didn't love you how you were supposed to be loved over and over again. And I would say, yeah, well, she didn't have a healthy upbringing. Like that wasn't her intention. And it would be like, no, that was her intention. So this is tying Mm -hmm. it back in. This is actually right after I finished my intention cycle. No, her intention was to hurt, to harm. Like she, she was aware. So that was huge. That was like, uh, rip me open, spin me out, like so much clearing. Um, and I, I had to write my mom off at that point and I had to kind of decide that she's not a healthy or safe place for myself or my daughter. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into that as well, but, yeah. um, from April to November, that's what I was preparing for in November. I did cut that relationship off and the moment I cut it off is the moment that I no longer had mom guilt. I no longer had mom shame. I no longer feared for my daughter. The worst part of that mom guilt was I I did have irrational thoughts about like something terrible happening to my daughter and it had gotten better throughout the years. The more I had like worked on my healing, but it was still there. It would still happen every so often where I would have like these terrible thoughts. And that was really hard to find balance and being an intuitive because it's like, hey, wait, I'm having this terrible thought, this irrational fear come in, but I'm an intuitive. Like, is that real? Yeah. Where is that coming from? It was um, once I realized I had to clear, I had to completely like, cut out my mother to clear my mother wound because those irrational thoughts were her thoughts towards me Mm -hmm. and I had thought they were my thoughts or the universe or God or someone telling me something about something happening to my daughter Hmm. the second I cut her out those cleared and it was like this phoenix rising nothing's ever happened faster for me where I was just like yeah I need to teach other women about how their mom's thoughts impair them Mm -hmm. and how they need to get back to their own inner child that is and their future highest self that learns from those things and grows from those things but isn't impacted by that and so that's how mother rising was was created was through that process and I actually didn't know that mother rising was going to be mothers. It was all it was actually called woman rising and it was going to be more about just like aligning with that divine feminine energy that's experiences life without so much fear. Yeah. Um, but then as I was doing consultation calls, everyone that felt like a yes was a mother. And there were one or two people that I wasn't sure if they fit into the container or not. And they weren't moms yet. 
Um, we're all mothers in our own capacity, but that's when I changed the name to Mother Rising. And I feel like I feel like it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it was so amazing. That's how I created that. Um, I don't think that really answers your question, though, because it's like <laughs> so much of what I experience is what then creates my mm-hmm. next container. Yeah, I don't totally. know. people need to follow you and just like hop on whatever you put out there because it's so amazing (laughs) because what's what are you working on now but I actually see myself doing a lot of coming up I see myself teaching tarot more oh cool teaching people how to read tarot for themselves oh that's amazing that's what I feel coming through that's awesome and can you tell me where people can find you if they want to look you up or book a reading Yes. So on Instagram, I am at win, W-H-E-N underscore U, Y-O-U underscore wake, when you wake. Um, That's the best place to find me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a website out there, but I would say go to Instagram first. There's a link that you can click on to book a reading or you can DM me. Feel free to ask any questions. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, Katie. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Alchemy, visit us on Instagram at Able Alchemy or visit www.ablealchemy.com.